Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the NTI Pod Talk. My name is Diane Kaler. I'm the director of Nutrition Therapy Institute. And this is the time when we get to hear from people in the NTI community uh, and people outside the NTI community who are talking about food and nutrition and health and wellness and farming and food again. <laughs> um, and so today I'm thrilled to talk to Laura Waldo from the National Association of Nutrition Professionals. And Laura is, I believe, our first repeat guest on the pod talk. So um, thank you, Laura, so much for taking the time to be with us today. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, your, your first pod talk that, that was done, I think it was a little bit over a year ago, um, that's still one of our most listened to, most downloaded pod talks. So very popular, this, this topic, uh, which we will talk about is very popular, certainly um, within our immediate community of students and graduates. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm glad to hear that uh, the first pod talk is popular. Let's hope that this one is even more popular. Yes, well, I hope so too. And I'm sure it will be. Um, so first of all, uh, I mentioned that you're with the NANP, the National Association of Nutrition Professionals. Um, you are specifically uh, in, I think you are the only person in the Legislative Affairs Division of the NENP. Can you talk about what the Legislative Affairs Division is and what you do uh, within the context of, of being at the NANP? Absolutely. Um, yes, I am the only Legislative Affairs Specialist at the NANP. Um, however, I could not do my job without the support of our member schools, without the support of the students and the graduates, uh, and my incredible supportive team at the NANP. Uh, so what I try to do is work with our legislators uh, at the state and federal level to educate them about our practitioners our education, what we do, and most importantly, what we do not do. Mm -hmm. um, this is key to our success. Uh, I build teams of advocates when there's a need. As we see pending legislation, I'm gonna contact people in that state to let them know about the legislation and put it into English and not legalese Mm -hmm. and uh, work with them to make sure that the legislation does not pass, or if it does pass, to pass without affecting our ability to work mm -hmm. in that state. Um, I also work one-on-one, -on -one providing consultations to our members. So, for instance, if somebody says, well, I'm working on redesigning my website, but can I say this, or mm -hmm. can I have a photo of that? then we'll work through it one-on-one -on -one and I'll say, no, let's tweak this word, let's do this. And, and the same goes for the laws. Um, mm -hmm. When somebody's not sure if they're really within their scope of practice, I'll set up a consultation and we'll walk through it, 
and discuss it and make sure that everybody's staying in their lane. Yeah, absolutely. And that is so important. And I just want to point out for those of you who uh, are maybe prospective students or just a reminder to current students, as a student of NTI, all of our students um, are get membership, uh, one year student membership in the NANP and have access to you and getting your uh, advice and consult during that membership. So um, I just want to remind you that, that, we, that we do that. So to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So please, when you're a student, call, write, email, mm -hmm. um, and make use of all of the wonderful resources that we've got on our website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you talked about how you work with legislators and um, different states. So can you talk about any kind of recent wins for um, holistic nutrition practitioners, you know, in states where you have had been working and, and had uh, a positive outcome from your efforts? Absolutely. Um, I would love to say that all of our legislation passed through the legislature this year. It did not. Um, it is not a one year get it in, get it out kind of thing. It typically takes two, three, four years mm -hmm. to pass legislation. That doesn't mean that I'm going to give up. Mm -hmm. uh, it just means that we're going to do it again next year and the year after if need be. <laughs> but we did have some very big wins this year. Um, there was anti-competitive legislation in multiple states, uh, Nebraska, uh, which is exclusive scope of practice at this point, but it would have even tightened what we would be allowed to do. Um, there was uh, and still active legislation in Pennsylvania and Michigan, but I am working with the legislators there to make sure that if these bills do pass, it will not impact our ability to work with individuals or groups of people. Um, and we also had the passage of a bill in Illinois, which has now opened up the ability for holistic nutrition professionals to work where they once could not work at all. Right. Um, a very tight, exclusive scope of practice state we will now be able to work within our scope of practice with the caveat and not a pleasant one. We cannot individualize meal plans for our clients, but we will be able to work. We will be able to make an impact with what we do and how we help individuals or groups of people. Mm -hmm. And the other big win was Mississippi. Um, the Justice Institute, the, the Mississippi Justice Institute had filed a suit in 2020 and the Department of Health and Human Services there realized that what that suit meant would be something that would be beneficial to the state. So holistic nutrition professionals may, may now work in the state of Mississippi within our scope of practice. So I've said scope of practice probably six times since we yeah. started. Yeah. What is our scope of practice? Yes, we are great not question. going to diagnose. We will not treat. We will not cure. We don't heal. We do not prescribe, prevent, or mitigate or manage any disease state. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And that is our scope of practice. So mm -hmm. if we are working within our scope and we see a client and we know that they've got a disease that is outside of our scope, we need to defer and refer. And that way we're staying in our lane and we're doing the best thing that we can for our client. Um, so one word, uh, you know, to add to the list of terminology that is uh, not acceptable for holistic nutrition professionals. Another word that kind of um, people ask about is reverse. And I assume that we can't use the word reverse um, in terms of reversing symptoms or reversing disease, correct? That is correct. That yeah. would be outside of our scope of practice. Okay. Um, one way to think about this, folks, is if there is an ICD-10 code for a word, it's outside of your scope of practice. So gotcha. always kind of think in that, that sense, you know, mm -hmm. am I reversing uh, type 2 diabetes? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're supporting your client yeah. through a nutrient-dense whole food diet and herbs and supplements to manage their care. Mm -hmm. um, one word or one phrase that I always use is support optimal wellness. Um, and you know that that is just ingrained in my vocabulary. And that's something that people hear me saying a lot is support optimal wellness. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's a perfect term to describe who we are and what we do, because that is our goal mm -hmm. to to support our clients in, mm -hmm. in their health and wellness goals. Yeah. All right. So you talked about uh, recent win wins. Uh, what are some current legislative actions that you're working on right now? The majority of the legislative session has ended. So really the only two bills that are still active are in the state of Pennsylvania and in the state of Michigan. Their sessions run late and do not end until the end of the year. So I'm going to continue focusing on those states until that bill language is changed and or that bill is what they call signed die, which means it didn't pass. Mm -hmm. So that's my goal. Mm -hmm. Great, awesome. So, um... What, what, what is the bill that you're trying to um, alter or maybe prevent from passing? Can you talk about that in, in um, these two states? Yeah, the bill language itself um, will expand in some sense what we can do, but currently there are no laws and restrictions in either Pennsylvania or gotcha. Michigan. Okay. So those are our no law certification states, very similar to Arizona, California, Colorado. Mm -hmm. So we really don't want to lose ground there. Yeah. So that's why I'm working diligently to prevent any passage. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what kind of data, what kind of evidence do you use when you're talking to state legislatures um, that are, you know, the substantiation for the need to keep practice laws open for holistic nutrition professionals? Um, I think mostly what I try to do is educate our legislators uh, about who we are, about our education, the depth and breadth of our knowledge, mm -hmm. um, that we're not going to harm their constituents. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, I explained that, you know, we are on par with continuing education and we know our scope of practice. Um, if you're board certified, you're obviously having to meet the requirements that the dietitians have to meet with continuing education. Uh, we talk about things that are important to their constituents, such as the rise in obesity, the rise in diabetes, type 2 diabetes. These are all wellness lifestyle uh, diseases, and this is where we shine. Uh, mm-hmm. So there are not enough dietitians, there are not enough CNS nutritionists to go around. Um, I explained that, you know, we can help people get back into the kitchen. We can connect them with their farmers and teach them how to read these food labels so that they're making immediate changes Mm -hmm. and it's not costing the state billions of dollars each year. That's right. Yeah. Because, um, you know, these chronic diseases that are so prevalent, you know, I'm, I, I know, you know, the statistics, you know. 88% of the American population has poor metabolic health. And so these chronic conditions um, contribute massively to, uh, you know, state healthcare costs and federal health healthcare costs. So um, it can only benefit the constituents if the more education, the more information they get to make better choices to make, you know, to have uh, well-informed, make well-informed decisions about their food choices, about their lifestyle choices, et cetera. So. Exactly. And, and so many of them are just in awe that, you know, what do you mean you can't do that? That's illegal. It's a misdemeanor. I didn't know that. So Uh, they just get so excited because it is a misdemeanor in many states to to either use it uh, yeah. the protected title, or mm-hmm. to go into depth about food and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's so interesting that you say that legislators legislators don't know that in their state, potentially, that just giving nutrition advice is has some sort of legality around it. And as you say, in some cases can be a misdemeanor. So um, that's awesome that you are educated is due to a lack of education or lack of knowledge. So, um, you know, I'm thrilled that you and the NAMP in support of you is uh, providing this education to the legislatures. It's, so. it's my pleasure. I love to do it. I love <laughs> to see the, the look of shock on their face. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, so you've mentioned a couple of things, a couple of terminology. So can you just remind our listeners what the three legislative classifications are um, that really uh, dictate the ability of nutrition professionals to practice in specific states? Absolutely. Um, we, we've got it narrowed down to three, but the lines are starting to become blurry with some of the legislation that was passed this year, some of the legislation that was passed last year. Um, The A&D is certainly keeping me on my toes, but we break it down into exclusive scope of practice state, uh, title protection, and no law or certification. So going back to the beginning, exclusive scope of practice is the most difficult 
for us to work in effectively, and that would be our states like North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Kansas, um, Georgia. Uh, these are have a very, very limited scope of practice. You may not individualize, you may not provide meal plans. Uh, you've got to be very careful about the title, what you refer to yourself as. Um, and in these states, you must be only providing general nutrition information to your clients to remain within the scope of practice. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, information that you find on PubMed. That's going to be information that's in a book or a pod talk, a podcast. Um, and you're going to want to document very carefully and have very strong disclaimers and waivers. So that is kind of the general flavor of those exclusive scope of practice states. Uh, each one does have a clause within the exemption language that will allow holistic nutrition professionals to work. But some states say you must work with a licensed practitioner as a W-2 employee. Other states will say you can't individualize a meal plan, but you can talk about food or food products or work in a health food store. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the flavor of our exclusive scope state. Um, our title protection, as the name implies, protects the titles of dietitian, licensed dietitian, registered dietitian, nutritionist, licensed nutritionist, the list goes on and on. It's specific for each state. So I'm gonna remind your listeners to look at your state law mm -hmm. on the NANP website. Um, those are all updated and it will list out all of the exemptions and all of the protected titles. So we never wanna use a protected title. We're going to use the title which we earned when we graduated from school. That is who you are, mm -hmm. unless you further your education um, and get another title. Um, so in those states, it can also be a misdemeanor. So we want to be very, very careful to stay within our scope, but we can certainly individualize meal plans. We can work with our clients to um, support them in their health and wellness journey. Mm -hmm. And then we have our wonderful no law certification states, such as Pennsylvania, Michigan, um, where the law had been repealed. The Dietetics Practice Act had been repealed in 2014. Um, we have Colorado, Arizona, California, pretty much the West Coast, and many of our states like Maine and uh, Virginia. So these are our no law certification states. And we can just work with our clients as needed, um, as long as we're within our scope of practice. Yeah, yeah. Always, always the scope of practice needs to be. Always. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I want to go back to when you were mentioning title protection, um, something that we really try to emphasize, you know, drill into our students is um, not to call yourself a nutritionist. Um, even if you are in a no law certification state, we always want our students and our grads to be calling themselves certainly their title, you know, nutrition therapist master, 
um, is the title that they would get from NTI, but um, for, for general purposes, nutrition therapist or holistic nutrition professional, rather than using the simplistic nutritionist, because um, as you say, that is a specific title given to specific um, graduates of specific types of education facilities. So, um, you know, that, that, that general title nutritionist, we really uh, encourage our students not even to use that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's important not to. We're seeing it in more and more legislation. Mm -hmm. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics is working with the American Nutrition Association, which is the group that handles our nutritionists. And mm -hmm. a nutritionist has their master's or PhD in human nutrition, biological nutrition, and they've graduated from a very small number of regionally accredited schools. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got 1,500 supervised hours and they sit for their board exam to become a certified nutrition specialist. So mm -hmm. I really do appreciate you letting students know, do not call yourself a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, we are seeing this in more and more states and I get more complaints from CNS, certified nutrition specialists, about our practitioners uh, practicing and using the title nutritionist, which mm -hmm. is distressing for them. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to have to investigate that and contact that person and say, no, no, use the title that you graduated with. Mm -hmm. So we are definitely seeing an uptick in complaints. So please do use your title. It's a yeah. wonderful title mm -hmm. and it shows that you've gotten an excellent and deep education through NTI. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So just one more time, can you mention those two organizations, the AND and the ANA? Tell us again what they are um, and what their, uh, what their members are um, called. Sure. <laughs> um, the AND is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Okay. And they are the body for all the dietitians across the United States and the territories. Uh, so they certify credential through their credentialing arm, all of the dietitians. So whether that be a registered dietitian, a licensed dietitian, they meet their very specific requirements from their regionally accredited colleges and they have didactic programs. Uh, they also have to do their supervised hours uh, and their rules are changing in 2023, I believe. They're going to be required to get a master's uh, in human nutrition to be a dietitian. Mm -hmm. uh, the American Nutrition Association is what was also referred to as BCNS. And those are our PhD and master's degree people who are certified nutrition specialists. Um, as I said, a limited number of schools provide that credential, but one would be Maryland University of Integrative Health, uh, Bastyr up in the north. So uh, they have a very, very specialized education and uh, a very 
long and drawn out process to become a CNS. Great. Okay, good. Thank you for that clarification, because I think that's also confusing to people. Um, certainly the general population, you know, I think, I think the two words that they would, that they would be familiar with is dietitian and nutritionist, um, which those are, you know, the titles of, of graduates from these schools, um, under these, uh, organizations, but, um, uh, so I just want to make sure that everybody understands what those organizations are and what their, uh, the people are who are within those organizations. So it, it is confusing. And trust me, even our legislators are confused. They don't yeah. know the line of delineation. So I have to give them an education and we just do the step up program. Yeah. All right. Good. So, um, so we mentioned that there are uh, the um, exclusive scope of practice and title protection. Um, you've talked a little bit about opportunities for holistic nutrition professionals to be able to practice. Um, do you have any other sort of guidance about, you know, people who are just, who are in these states who are just really confused, really concerned, like one or two other pieces of advice about practicing in these states um, so that you are not going outside the law and putting yourself at risk for getting um, a misdemeanor, um, you know, uh, whatever action taken against you. Right. So what I always recommend, and again, I'm, I'm willing to have an email conversation or a personal conversation, phone conversation with anybody who's confused. But what I recommend is we're always going to err on the side of caution. We're going to stay within our scope. We're going to look at the law and we're going to provide general nutrition information. We're going to look at all of the exemptions for that state and say, oh, well, wait a minute, I'm allowed to work in a nursing home and I'm really, really interested in geriatrics. So I can expand my scope by working in a nursing home mm. or I can expand my scope by working for the state or federal government in my exclusive scope of practice state. But we will make sure that our waiver and disclaimer is signed. We're going to make sure that we have liability insurance through one of our insurance providers. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to use best business practices and safeguard our clients' information. And we're really going to focus on our education when it comes to food and nutrition and keep that advice within the nutrition norms that are accepted by society. So we're not going to say, well, Jane, I think this is a really good time for you to increase your vitamin C. Let's start with 5,000 mm -hmm. a day. Okay, mm -hmm. not in an exclusive scope of practice state and nor should we be doing that. Mm -hmm. Let's try to keep it within the normal guidelines, mm -hmm. the functional guidelines of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, or, you know, better yet, 
here's a list of the foods that are high in vitamin C, and then you can eat all you want, right? Um, to bowel tolerance, right? Yeah, right, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. There you go, to bowel tolerance. Yeah, right. why aren't you picking up the phone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, all right, so uh, the NENP offers an exam, a board exam to become board certified in holistic nutrition. So the uh, the, the letters, the, the credentials is BCHN. Um, does being board certified provide or open up the opportunity to practice in more restrictive states? And can you talk about kind of how to um, certainly, uh, so here, let me just say, we recommend all of our graduates go on to take the board certification exam and become board certified. Um, and there are many benefits to becoming board certified, but is being board, is there a way to optimize the benefits of being board certified um, to open up your ability to practice uh, in some of the more restrictive states? Yes. And okay. no. Okay, so good. Let's, good. let's go through what that really looks like and what that really means for our practitioners. Perfect. So board certified in holistic nutrition. If your state is protecting those titles and you're no longer allowed to use it because it is federally trademarked, you will still be able to refer to yourself on your business card as Jane Doe, board certified in holistic nutrition or Jane Doe BCHN mm -hmm. with the little R in the mm -hmm. circle, the trademark. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? It doesn't give you a pathway to licensure. So there, there is no state that is going to license somebody who's board certified in holistic nutrition. What I can say is in one state, and I can't tell you which state, legislators were so impressed with what BCHN stood for that they wanted to include that in the title for licensure. Um, it was something that they toyed with and they said, you know, they went back and forth and, um, but they really felt that that credential stood for who we were in our professionalism. So mm -hmm. that's always a positive thing to look at when mm -hmm. our legislators are saying, you are far above what we thought you were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that it is doing is becoming more and more recognized within the medical profession. There are doctors and naturopaths uh, and chiropractors and holistic dentists who recognize the BCHN and they say, oh, I want to talk to you. I'd like to bring you in for an interview because you're BCHN. So that means you align with everything that I believe in. Mm -hmm. um, you're not just somebody who took a two-week course yes. as the dietitians like right. to proclaim. Yes. Um, we did not take a two-week course. We right. are well-versed. And so that's making a big difference. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just go back to one thing because you, you, you said something, um, but I want to clarify um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to, uh, um, come at this from the way I understand it. So correct me if I'm wrong. So 
in the states that are title protection states, the way they protect the titles of nutritionist and dietitian and, and some others is that they write into their legislation restriction of use of other titles. And that restriction of use of those other titles can include and often does include the typical titles that many of the holistic nutrition training schools provide purposefully, they, they purposefully know what the titles are and they write those titles into the law um, uh, that, that restricts the use of those titles. And that's how they preserve the title protection for nutritionist and dietitian. Am I right so far? That is absolutely correct. This started with a template in 2019 in New Jersey. Um, the titles were called out. We believe that it was from those who provided testimony uh, to the legislator. Mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, that bill did pass. Mm -hmm. It does not prevent holistic nutrition professionals from working in the state of New Jersey, mm -hmm. but it does prevent them from using those titles. Yes. Um, so when those when that law passed, there were a lot of holistic nutrition professionals who were absolutely panicked. They were caught off guard and they were like, well, what do I call myself? What am I going right. to do? I right. can still work, but I can't use my title. Um, those who were BCHN, of course, were allowed to continue to use that title. And, and the reason why you can still use BCHN is because BCHN is federally trademarked. And it is not just a title, it is an actual credential. Gotcha. So that is why it can continue to be used. Okay, love it. All right, good. Thank you for that very- I know uh, it's confusing, so, but I'm always <laughs> yeah. here if you've got questions. Yeah, okay, good. Um, so uh, another topic that is very relevant, certainly for the times, um, but also relevant because uh, you know we we all have become used to doing things online. So can you talk about um, and and give provide some guidance about providing uh, telehealth nutrition guidance, um, particularly in terms of going across state lines? Because this is a very confusing area where people. Um, don't realize potentially that they could be doing something that can get them into trouble. Um, and so can you talk about how this works? <laughs> yes. Um, and it is a very slippery slope, excuse me. Yes. So when we're talking about telehealth and telepractice, we are talking about working over state lines or working remotely with our mm -hmm. client or mm -hmm patient. And the, the key is patient. So there are no federally regulated telehealth laws, just like there are no federally regulated dietetics practice sets at this point. These are done at the state level. So each state decides who and who should not provide telehealth services. So technically, when we say the word telehealth, we're talking about the practice of providing services by 
licensed medical professionals. Yeah. We as holistic nutrition professionals are not licensed in any state. Correct. This is where we get into this slippery slope mm -hmm. because we know in exclusive scope of practice states, which are the very restrictive states, we have to follow the law of that state. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't allow us to individualize nutrition um, assessments or doing evaluations with our clients. So why would we be able to do that over state lines? Mm -hmm. um, when you look back at the history of these types of cases, you're looking at all the way back to the 1800s, the Sherman Act, the Interstate Commerce Act we do not fit into that. Mm -hmm. So currently our legal representation had recommended that if you are in a no law or certification state, you may work over state lines. It's a little more slippery in our title protection states. Um, and then it is an absolute no, no in our exclusive scope of practice states. I am continuing to work with our legislators to expand this absolute necessary ability for us um, because we do have people who are in remote areas and mm -hmm. we do need to work with them. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the challenges, but for now I'm saying err on the side of caution, look at your state laws through the NANP website. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to continue to plug at this. So we know that in Colorado and California and all of our no loss certification states, we are okay to practice over state lines. Mm -hmm. I would recommend that every practitioner have a very strong waiver and disclaimer on your paperwork that says, I am not a doctor. You should see a doctor. If you feel that this client is inappropriate, refer them to another practitioner in that state, mm -hmm. refer them to a licensed medical provider. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so just to be real simple about it, you follow the laws of the state you're in, not necessarily the state of where the client is. You follow the laws of the state you are located in. That is correct. Where okay. do you live? Where is your home? Where do you pay car insurance from right. your, yeah, your taxes? So yeah. those are the laws that you follow. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then um, you mentioned earlier, the differentiation really has to do with what the receiver of the information is called. Um, and, and it refers to patients. And of course, that is, you know, a, not a term that we would be using for the receivers of our information. Our people are clients. They are not patients. We should never be calling our clients patients because only licensed medical practitioners have patients. Um, so just, you know, clar clarification for everybody listening. Um, don't call your and, you know, the receivers of your, your knowledge and your education, don't call them patients, they are clients. Um, and, you know, that brings us back to scope of practice and terminology and all those kinds of things staying in your lane. Absolutely, absolutely. And I know this is very disheartening. Um, there are a couple other states 
along with the no law certification states where we do have the ability to provide telehealth services or, or work with clients remotely, I, mm-hmm. should, I should say. Yeah. Um, and those are North Carolina and of course in Missouri. We got approval last year when we had that bill passed and it's now law. So our practitioners in Missouri are also allowed to provide services over the state line. Great. Okay. So um, you bring up a good point. You know, I've been calling it telehealth and, and we shouldn't really call it telehealth. We should, and, and I like you said, telenutrition <laughs> that doesn't flow as easily. But um, if we, if, you know, if we think about it using different vocabulary, it can help um, uh, prevent you from doing something, saying something that could get you, uh, you know, get you in trouble. So, true, absolutely. All right, good. All right. Well, um, so uh, you've mentioned a couple times to look at the laws on the NAMP website. Just as a reminder to everyone, um, on the Legislative Affairs Division page of the NAMP website, there is a map of the United States. You click on your state, and that will give you all of the updated uh, legislation guidelines for that particular state. And it is very updated, hot off the press. Um, I even put in the scope of practice right at the top of the page. It's not beautiful right now, folks. We'll, we'll get it pretty for you. But click on those links. Click on your state. It's going to bring up a brief description of what that is in the state as far as the law. It's going to provide you with the exemptions and it's going to provide you with active links to the full Dietetics Practice Act to the full law. So, and then obviously contact me if you still have questions, I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you're an NANP member, which students if you're at an NTI, NANP member, yes, yes. <laughs> which students at N- at NTI are uh, uh, student members. So j- just just want to prevent you from being overwhelmed in your right. Um, right. If you, you graduated have to... six years ago and you decided not to join NANP, don't call me. No. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Join NANP and then call me. That's right. That's right. All right. Good. So we have talked about so many things. This has been a really helpful conversation to remind me about things, but also I think to remind our listeners and viewers. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask or, you know, that, that you really wanted to make sure to um, talk about and get out there? Uh, something that you continuously say that, that if you could just say it once for everybody listening, um, uh, it, did I miss anything? I don't think we did. I, I think right. we covered everything. I just want to remind all of our practitioners, work within your scope of practice. Make yeah. sure your waiver and disclaimer is signed. If you're a member and you've got a question, you know, contact me. That's what I'm there for. Mm -hmm. I am not a lawyer. I can't provide legal advice, but we can, you know, we can work through a lot of this stuff. And if you do need to contact a lawyer about a contract or about trademarking or copywriting materials, you know, it's going to save you a little bit of upfront money Mm -hmm. if you talk to me first. So Mm -hmm. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Great, good. Um, and just, uh, you know, for 
prospective students or current students have yet who have yet to get to um, the course in our program, we do go through uh, all of the scope of practice guidelines um, in our, our, the course called Nutrition Therapy and Practice. So we go through all the scope of practice. We go through the um, differences between title protection, et cetera. So all of that is included in our course, but this is you know great to have another way to uh, access this information and hear it directly from you because what's in our course is me interpreting <laughs> interpreting <laughs> uh, the information from you. So it's great to get it directly from you. Um, and uh, I am so pleased that, you know, that you took the time today. Um, I love talking to you. Uh, <laughs> always, always makes me feel really good to, to talk to you and hear about all the things you're doing to support um, this field of holistic nutrition, because as you know, um, and, and likely as everyone knows who's listening to this, this is such a needed service that we provide to people. People don't know that food matters. They don't know that their food choices are impacting their uh, health outcomes. They don't know how their wellness goals uh, can be hijacked by um, poor food choices. And so this is such a needed service. And the fact that the NANP exists and that you are there um, specifically uh, every day fighting for our rights to continue to be able to practice is, um, is amazing. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be uh, you know, a, a, to, have, to have NTI be a member of the NANP, to be, you know, an approved school, to have a relationship with the NANP. It's, it's just such a pleasure. So thank you so much. Well, it is an absolute pleasure. I love working with your students. I love working with your graduates. Um, the depth and breadth of knowledge that they have is outstanding. Um, if you're a prospective student and you haven't made that decision, make that decision. You're going to get a great education. I truly am impressed with your graduates um, you. and I love speaking with all of them. So keep them coming and yeah. we're going to, you know, I'm a practitioner as well. Yes. So when I'm not working for the NAMP, I'm working with clients and so I really do understand who you are and what you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, which makes my job easier. And hopefully it makes it more comfortable for all of you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so lastly, can you tell people how to get a hold of you if they're members? Can you tell people how to get a hold of you? <laughs> absolutely. Um, and no cheating, because I can look you up. Uh, members are free yeah. to contact me at Laura at nanp.org. That is my email address. So it's L-A-U-R-A at nanp.org. Um, that's probably the best way. And um, again, take a look at the website, nanp.org. Right at the top bar, you'll see legislative affairs. Click on that. And that's going to give you good information. Yeah, yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay, bye. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm